Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. Oh, my name is Kevin. I'm Leslie. Oh, you sound heaps more chipper. Yeah, see? Oh, that's good. It's because it's showtime. <laughs> You've just magically transformed. We're a little bit uh, dusty this morning. Both of us had some, some big nights last night. So uh, this is episode 27 and number 25 in the charts. We've sneaked in garbage, which we'll get into a bit later on. We've not uh, been too... No, we didn't get hammered for it, did it? People I was were... waiting for it. I know. I think people are just happy to, to have someone talk about um, garbage. I got hammered about other things. E.g. you two. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Tim Thanks, had a Tim. go at you. <laughs> to be fair, the song I don't like, he admitted he doesn't like either. So oh, that's fine then. What ifs? So you got in trouble for saying the Joshua Tree... There was or... a couple of not good songs on it, and that's the truth. Okay. I'll stand by that. Convictions? Yeah. Hashtag convictions. Hashtag convictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we? Facebook and Twitter, Britpop Banter, and uh, email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Send us your guilty pleasures, um, give us a rating, any questions, any stories you've got as well, send those through please. And all views expressed on this podcast, I should change that to all convictions expressed on this podcast are 100% yeah. our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Last episode, Lel, Ian Brown. God, that was Ian a, Brown. That was a funny episode. Yeah. I, w- I, <laughs> <laughs> I just let you ramble. Yeah. The amount of... I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I think that came across. The amount of uh, different directions that podcast took was, in, was insane. It was great. I've, I've listened yeah. to it a few times and I laughed a lot. I think it's... Um, I think people enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Well, it's definitely a popular episode in terms of downloads. Um, so, yeah. And look, feedback was good. Your brother Phil joke if you haven't heard it go back and listen to it do you remember it <laughs> it was so childish so childish <laughs> uh, <laughs> you did a poll you put your poll up what I was did. your poll talk to me about the poll my poll was who is the better or best front man okay cool <laughs> and the winner of between who oh Ian Brown and Liam Gallagher. There you go, thank you. And the oh, like it was a landslide, Liam Gallagher. Okay. Which doesn't surprise me. So, but so- then some people's comments were like, "Well, depends." Um, Liam for his swagger, uh, no, Ian for his swagger, Liam for his voice, Liam for his swagger, Ian okay. for his voice. It, okay. People had different reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was pretty comprehensive. I'd agree with that. Like I think it was seventy-two percent. Mm-hmm. Liam took that vote in. I mean, that's loads. Shall we talk about Liam for a bit? Can you oh, can you talk what is going on at the moment? On? It's a bit all over the place, isn't it? So they're a bit childish, aren't they, both of them? The, yeah. But the, the most recent one, so I was reading about the fact, so um, Noel's been accusing Liam of sending threatening messages to his teenage daughter. It took me a while to figure out what was going on, because I, I thought it was all fake, and I thought someone had done it, and then I was trying to understand what's this all about, and who's he sending stuff to? So what happened? So basically, on Twitter... Um, Noel posted a screenshot of a text that Liam allegedly sent to his teenage daughter um, after Noel's wife had posted a negative comment about Liam on Instagram. Oh, okay. Good explanation. So she posted something um, quite negative about his Glastonbury performance on Instagram. Oh, okay. Um, And then Liam sent a tweet to to Noel's daughter saying... Tell your stepmom to be careful. Right, okay. Not, and then okay. 
Noel jumps in. Right. And he's like, so you're sending threatening messages uh, via my teenage daughter, are you now? You were always good at intimidating women, though, eh? Oh. And then he said, he continued and said, what are you planning on doing anyway? Grabbing my wife by the throat to show her who's boss. Oh! oh. Stick their knife in. Liam, I think, did apologise. He did apologise. Yeah, I saw that yeah. tweet. So, because people were, is it real? Is it not real? And then Liam Just actually apologised. Just text each other. I don't know what, WhatsApp. <laughs> like, I don't know why it needs to be public. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I can't see them getting back together Mm-mm. anytime soon. I think that's uh, no. It's uh, a shame because I feel like it's kind of ruining a legacy, right? So, like, don't do that. It's tarnishing. Yeah. Why you were like the like the Gallagher brothers? You were the Gallagher brothers. That yeah, was yeah. a thing. Yeah. And now it's nonsense. And you're middle-aged men. Yeah, you're grown-ups. Stop. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just I don't know why you're doing that. Yeah. It's it's really annoying me. Okay. All because right. Because it's like a fall from grace for me. I don't want to see my old idols arguing on Instagram like children. That's a good point, yeah. Like, what's that? Yeah. It's not very rock and roll, is it? <laughs> fair point, fair point. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you watch much of Glastonbury? I did. What did you watch? So, um, I watched that Scottish fella, Lewis Capaldi. That Scottish fella. Um, because he had a crack at no, oh, which I love was that. really funny. I, I really like that. That was well so, done. He's a funny guy, man. He yeah. is so funny. Um, yeah, and I want us to review his album at some point. We're going to do it next week, right? You, you popped it. So the funniest I, I, I'd never I heard. I haven't really listened to it. It's uh, gonna be, is it bad? Uh, I'll let you be there. Yeah, maybe. So Lewis, he popped up in my feed one day, and he was in New York. And um, he's he's famous for just being candid and upfront and yeah. just being Scottish lad, yeah. right? And um, he had he was in New York and he had an interview with someone, you know, one of the big media channels or something like that. And um, he was in his hotel room and he'd actually done a he'd done a big poo that he couldn't get rid of. There's <laughs> this whole there's this long Instagram story about how he had to go try and find like an appliance store in downtown New York to get a plunger to then walk all the way back to the hotel room because he was really worried about this person using his bathroom, seeing the poo. And I, I, was, I mean, first, what a, what celebrity does that, first of no, all? No, they would just ring the hotel. But it was that. hilarious. That's how I first got to know this guy. And back then, to his roots, see? Um, but, oh yeah, so it's Glastonbury. So you watched him. I so th- watched him. And I thought that was hilarious when he came on. Yeah, okay. So that was funny. Yeah. I watched Liam. What do you think? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Out of ten, six and a half, yeah. seven. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, we've just got to be honest, right? And the big elephant in the room is, it's only good when he sings Oasis songs. Yeah, and I don't like it when he sings Oasis songs. I love it. I don't, don't want to hear the other stuff. See, I'd rather he ditch all the Oasis stuff and sing his new stuff. Oh, no, I just feel it's hanging on a bit. You know, like, Noel's 90% new stuff, 10%, you know, chucking a wonder wall or something like that. Liam seems to hang on it a bit. Well, I would too if I wrote songs like that. I don't know. I'd rather they move on, to be honest. Um, I saw that um, young lad jump up and sing Oh, Tiago Alex. Silver. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Is that a whole... Stage thing. Or is it not? Well, we got told it was. Because I obviously 
posted it, and people <coughs> like that, oh, it's fake, they knew what was going on. But, to be fair, the media hasn't said anything about it being fake, and they would be the first ones to sort well, of... I read a story about him and his dad saying, oh, he's so made up, and he's can't he believe it. And... Ah. So it's like, is that fake too? I don't know, and also, you can kind of... I, I watched him on the stage, and I'm like, you are all over the place, mate. You know, you're not a groomed musician, rapper. Like, oh. he was just nervous and twitchy and... I don't know. I, d- to I don't fair, know. To be fair, it was awesome. I'd, I'd like to believe it was real. That's, that's you know... I'd like to believe it was real Fairy tale stuff. it would... Yeah. That's yeah, lovely. And you kind of need that. Yeah, exactly. It was um, really cool. And... He knew everyone. Stormzy. Stormzy. Stormzy, yes. Yes. Um... Wow, he got tons of praise. Mm. Now it's not my type of music, mm-hmm. the old grime, oh. but um, yeah, what a performance! And the fact he was wearing um, that Banksy, so Banksy made that for him. No. That stab vest with the Union Jack, really? all the stabbings that are happening. Oh, thought that as soon as I saw that, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know that. Okay, it's a bit of a nod to what's going on right now in the UK. Okay. Um, but it was some performance. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's what the young kids like now. <laughs> eh? Grime. That's <laughs> what I clean off my bath. <laughs> um, did you see Janet Jackson? No. Oh, my God. What a pile of garbage. Like, utter. Funny enough, we're talking about garbage. That was garbage. So she didn't sing. It was all, all, right. it was all lip sync. Why? So, it was really weird. Like, it was literally, she, the microphone was on, but all she did was the, like that sort of Michael Jackson-esque, Janet Jackson-esque thing. Um, Terrible. Imagine going to see Janet Jackson and just seeing someone mime. I mean, she could dance, but that's all it sort of was. Um, Did you see The Good, The Bad and The Queen? No. Oh, it was lovely. He had the Welsh choir on the stage and... Damon was so excited when Lady Boston, remember we both liked that oh, song? Yeah. That was nice. That was one of my favourite clips of it. Um, anything else before um, we get into my Rolling Stones and I get you to go off on Mad Tangent? No, but I'd like to go to Glastonbury. Just putting that there. Yeah, I apparently. Think that would be amazing. Yeah, okay. Oh, The Killers. Now, there's a washed up band. What? Sorry. Nah, they're massive, massive at the moment. And their latest album. Uh, is actually really good. The song "The Man" is oh, it's brilliant. Seriously, been there, done that. Killers, thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. They've, they've and they've, they've come back like and it. they are really big. And um, like I said, that their new album. I mean, whew, not washed up at all. I think they are. Nah, 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 nah. Right, let's get into this Rolling Stones chart. We uh, went off on a mad one for Carlos Santana at number ninety. Are you ready for uh, ninety? Can we do 80? a poll about the Killers? Yeah, I want sure. to test the water with that. Sure, go nuts. Number 89, <clears throat> the Yardbirds. Cool. Do you know who they are? Spanned. Great. English rock band formed in London in 1963. There were three band, well, even though all three band members were Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page, they were in the group but they never were in the band at the same time. Jimmy Page, best guitarist of all time. Oh wow, okay. In my humble opinion. Okay. Oh, that would be a great poll. Uh, who's the best guitarist of all time? Oh. Uh, number 88, Jay-Z. Thoughts on Jay-Z? I'm not a fan. I went through a phase of really liking Jay-Z. Really liking it. And then I got a bit samey-samey. 
Not fun. I saw him live because he was supporting you too. Because clearly that's a match made in heaven. <laughs> so random. So random. And a lot of people were there just for Jay-Z giving it these ones. Oh. And then you two came on. Because, oh. like, really, that's, that's not yeah, the you, same crowd. No, it's not at all. Because it's like, what's that? That's weird. Um, and I don't think he's very nice to be on, say. Well, that whole last album, wasn't it? That was all the... Yeah. Did he, didn't he? Yeah. Don't know. Uh, number 87, Graham Parsons. Now, I know this. Do you? Yeah. Why do I know this? Okay, so this is... Country music. Yeah, I know. Why do you? That's why I'm trying to music? think. Oh, no, because my parents would listen to it on every Saturday night on Radio T, driving back from Dundee. <laughs> Gonna go back to my saloon. So he was. Uh, he was in the Birds as the well. Birds. And... That's why you know him. You know the Birds. Spelt with a Y. Yeah, that's right. What do they do? Mm. Music. Sing. They do that song. Um... It's all going to come to me when we're finished this. Um, the f- the one that they're famous for. Brilliant. Lovely. Oh, does it tell you there? Nope. People are... Oh. Look, we had a big night last night. It's just settling. Birds. Number 86, Les. Tupac. Tupac. What's your thoughts on Tupac? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just not for me. Oh, that's, that's all right. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's, you know... Like he was, yeah, an icon. Like a, you know, rap icon. I just don't like it. <laughs> like I'm just trying to say something positive. Uh, number 85, Black Sabbath. Whoa. Now. What do you think of them? Not. Mm. What do you think of old mate? I didn't. I, what is old mate? I mean, seriously. Well, he was supposed to be here in Australia headlining. Did he actually eat the head off a bird or something when he was on stage? Is Appar- that not true? A- apparently. But they were supposed to be here, and he was headlining this uh, mega fest or whatever, mega load, whatever it's called, in Australia. And he, they cancelled because of his ill health. Mm. But he's clocking on, surely, now. like Mr. Tambourine Man. That's what they're famous for. Lovely. Great memory there. Thanks. Okay, so... Black Sabbath didn't fall into your Iron Maiden phase at all? No. Never got played in the pool? No, because it's like, it's kind of novelty rock. Oh, okay. I think. It's not like, I think Iron Maiden are actually talented. <laughs> novelty rock, was that, is that what you would call like Kiss? Yeah. Okay, perfect example of novelty rock. Okay, cool. Uh, number 84, James Taylor. James Taylor. He's a um, musician. Is he? Funny that... <laughs> no, but what kind of music? Like old-fashioned music. Okay. I'm sure my granddad had records of his. Okay. Number 83. Eminem. <laughs> I've seen Eminem in concert. Have you? Yeah. So we had a, a, a mutual friend who loved Eminem as a teenager. And Eminem was playing in Manchester. And we drove down. And I I, I didn't like Eminem. I just went for the for the boys' trip. So we went down to, to Manchester to see Eminem. And it was basically like pantomime. It was just so, like, he came out in the Jason mask and a chainsaw. And Oofed. and then, apparently, he was told that he wasn't allowed to drink on stage, but yet he started drinking. Because he's hardcore. And it was just, it was a bit pantomime-esque. I do like his, some of his stuff, though. Eight Mile. Great movie. What do you think that gets on IMDb? That's got to be a seven and a half, eight. 
It's a good movie. It's a solid, solid movie, that, actually. Yeah, he's annoying in it. (laughs) His character, though? Like, "Mm, everything's so hard. Yeah, but that's him acting. That's not him. 7.1. See, there you go. Okay, cool. Good movie. Um, So, Eminem got me into Dido. Oh, yeah, good point. That is a great song. Yeah, all right. Yeah. But he, uh, look, probably please see explanation to Tupac (laughs) for Eminem. Number 82. Uh, Credence Clearwater Festival Revival uh, Okay Yeah, oh sure Yeah, okay Why have I got festival written down? Okay, oh, cool I'm sure it's revival They're kind of like um, You know Fortunate Son And Have You Ever Seen the Rain I've got written yeah. down here Okay, cool Number eight Have you ever seen oh, the rain? Oh, gee <clears throat> Have you ever seen the rain? Can't wait till we get to the charts with that Beautiful oh. voice Number 81 The Drifty voice the Drifters. Oh, I Motown, love right? the Drifters. Under the Boardwalk. Under the Boardwalk. Up on the Roof. Under the Sea. Up on the Roof. Do, 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 do. Mm. Oof. Oh. This is going to be a rough episode for you. Uh, number 80, Elvis Costello. Your thoughts on Costello, please. You know how I know Costello? This is a Notting Hill song. She. She. Lovely song. Lovely mm-hmm. song. That's all I know. Yeah, look, I think he's quite talented as a songwriter, but quirky. Yeah. Probably not for me. Okay. Uh, okay. Didn't really enjoy that. Well, I didn't enjoy your singing. Yeah. Uh, what time did you finish up last night? Oh, it was early. Like, I was back by 11. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'm just old. Yeah, we are. All right. So, homework. Are you ready for homework? Is there anything else you want to say before we get into homework? Are you ready for this week's homework? I was hoping you'd forget you forget all about it. So for homework, we had the Divine Comedy, and we had Richard Hawley. Which one do you want to tackle first, Les? Can I just just going to turn my notes round? I just want you to see, tell everybody what that says. Worst week of homework ever. And how big is ever? Font what? Twenty. <laughs> it's pretty big. That's just setting the scene. Well, the scene has been set. Let's start with Richard Hawley. Yes. Who is Richard Hawley? Do you want me to talk about who yeah, he is? Yeah, you talk about him. So Richard Hawley, we talked about Richard Hawley in the Long Pigs yep. episode. Yep. Original member of that. He now has eight solo albums. 20 years as a solo artist. Incredible stuff. Um, this album is called Further. The Guardian gave it three out of five. If there are no huge surprises here, Further offers a punchy synthesis of country croon psych rock riffs and snappy songwriting that proves South Yorkshire's stoic, stoic son has plenty of miles left to run. What's your... What is that face? I don't agree with any of that. You don't? Go on. I'm going to turn my notes around again. No, I'm not reading this because it's going to make me look like... I'm not reading that. I'm not saying that. I'll read it. Boring. (laughs) Right. Right, okay, so Off My Mind is a good song. Uh, beautiful song, yeah, good, yeah. Uh, beautiful's a stretch, but okay, good, it's good song. Time Is. Yeah, like that. Uh, that's it. Oh, away. Further's awful. The oh. title track is awful. Oh, I didn't mind that, okay. And Not Lonely. What does he sound like? Describe his okay. sound. Well, I don't, it's just boring. Like, it's just like plinkety-plonkety. Like, it's, it's certainly not what I was expecting. He's got a slightly older sound. And 
It's easy listening. It is easy listening, yeah. It's just, and that's what I mean, right? So for me, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make me happy. Okay. It doesn't make me sad. It doesn't okay. make me excited. It doesn't make me enjoy it. It doesn't okay. make me want to put it on again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything. Okay. Okay. So, what'd you give it? Four out of ten. You're not going to go back to this, are you? No, never. Okay. Are you? Uh, oh, no. It's not the worst song, right? No, no, I actually, I actually enjoyed this album. I thought it's a nice album. I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't know. It's nothing new. But no. I do like it. And I didn't, I didn't have a bad song on the album, actually. I quite enjoyed all the songs in the album. It's probably just mm. not an album that I would go back to mm. again. Liz, Sorry, Richard. Six out of ten. Six? Six. Because you could put it on right now and be quite happy to listen to it. Like, I actually, I don't dislike it. I'm surprised you gave it a four, to be honest. Maybe. Okay. All right. Should we get into the one I know you really, really didn't like? Right. So, Divine Comedy, this is their 12th album. They need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And and I swear I'm actually angry. You can never ask me to review another of their albums ever again because I can't do it. Because I was absolutely, I was so angry. <laughs> and then I read reviews. Maybe it's just me. Clearly it is just me. Because it was getting like five out of five, four out of five. What are these people deaf? <laughs> like, there is this. I jumped the queue because I'm smarter than you. <laughs> I mean, what was that? Right, so um, Clash Music gave it a seven out of ten. I mean, what? With plenty to digest, there's no lack of ideas, if maybe a lack of focus. Stripping this back to a leaner, focused synth set might have injected a bit more punch. That said, office politics finds the underrated genius as acerbic and creatively inspired as ever. Um, Okay, so let's talk about it. It's 16 songs long and one hour long. (sighs) Okay, go on. What have you got? Did you like any songs? Infernal Machines. Oh, do I have that? Oh, I don't even have that. Okay. That's it. You liked one song. You'll Never Work in This Town Again was reasonable. Oh, I quite like that. Yeah, okay. That's it. That removal company. Oh, what is that? I mean, that... Because, can we just stop here? Because people are going to go, oh, he's a genius. Why is he a genius? I want actual people to... I want to be smashed for this. I want tweets coming out of... Every direction. Because someone has to, because I'm actually angry. Somebody has to explain to me what is good about that. Tell me why it's genius to say I jumped the queue because I'm smarter than you numerous times, like we're five. <laughs> it's like it's a play school CD. And then Frank and whoever's furniture remove a company with a xylophone in the background. What's genius about that? Because if that's genius, I swear I'll be a millionaire in a week. <laughs> Why I made you review it? And I just don't understand. I don't understand what the album is. Okay. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what the whole what genre is it. People are always pop classic, stripped back, blah blah blah. No, it's not. It's not. Because again, I go to my point and I always say, when you put on an album, you want to have it on and you want to enjoy it. It's not meant to be like hugely challenging to the point it annoys you and then that makes it good. Like I don't get it. Okay. I don't understand. It's not musically good. It's not like it's in your head going, oh, that's a great little riff. It's just annoying. Okay. All right. 
So I'll give you, before you take a breath, so before I quite liked the first four songs. You liked that cue jumper? No. So I liked the, the actual music behind, I, it just got caught in my head. It caught, caught, it got caught in my head, and I would find myself. So does Baba Black Sheep, but that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> Office politics, Norman and Norma, absolutely obsolete. The first four tracks, I go, this is okay. After that, and I think that the class music hints at it. I think they're a lot nicer than possibly me and you. There's just too much, too much weird, and it it just it goes in a totally different. It starts to go from the. I think what it does is it starts off with a very typical music style and then as it moves through the album it goes into more electronic sounds and it's sort of the working environment, how it's changed over the years and oh, I don't know. The synthesizer service centre. Oh my God, it's so bad. So bad. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> then I thought, oh, what, Richard on, that might be a bit better. Not. Oh, come. Okay. But it's not like it got me out of it. it didn't bring me out of my anger. Soothed me slightly, okay. but not too. Honestly, I just I actually need to know what people why why do people like that and why do people rate it so highly? Is it one of these things where people are actually too scared to call it what it is? Is that it? So what? Because I don't get it. Wait, I under, I need to. I really need to understand why people think he's a genius. So you need to message your mate James at the Oasis podcast and see what he thought of this album. Because then he's been looking for a fight. I don't know if you've seen his tweets. He's like, I feel like I'm the only person not arguing with anyone on Twitter. And I was like, wait till we do the Divine Comedy review, mate. Then you'll see. So, uh... I'm more, it's not, I don't want to have a... It's not because I want to have a fight. And I'm actually asking a really nice question. I'm going to have an open mind. I just need to understand. What's so great about this album? I just need to know what people enjoy about that. When you put that on and you hear about Frank and whoever's removal company, what? why are you like that? That's magic. Going to put that on again. Repeat. <laughs> Going to sit down with a beer and listen to this album because guess what? It's not annoying at all. Shall we get into your score? One out of ten. Oh, God, that's brutal. And I had it as a zero and I scored it out and I thought, I actually like one song, so I tell you what, I'll... Give it a mark. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. I give it a three, right? And and to be honest, right, so this is obviously your lowest scoring album since we've done this, which I, I knew coming into this, right? It's on par with the Sleaford mods for me and Spiritualized album. I'd listen to both of them ten times over. So would I. But still I'm like... I don't. I quite, Give it a one like me because it's what it is. No, I kind of liked some of the, the first couple of tracks. Okay, so next week you sort of said let's do two of the ones that are um, in the media at the moment. So Lewis Capaldi, we're going to do his album, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do Jerry Cinnamon. So Lewis Capaldi's album is divinely uninspired to a hellish extent. Is the name of his album? Yeah. And Jerry Cinnamon's erratic cinematic. Now I'm pretty sure he has a new album coming out soon, but we'll we'll have a listen to them and and see. Because Jerry Cinnamon and Lewis, they come up in the news all the time in the UK. So let's have a listen to them and see what they're like. Done. All right. Uh, if you want the list of albums, quite a few people are doing this, by the way. You laughed at me when I did this. And I was like, if you want me to email you the list of albums that we've covered and we're about to cover, let me know. Quite a few people are getting the emails. You're not going to want, I can tell you right now, ask for it without divine comedy on it. Don't waste your time. <laughs> But wouldn't that be, that'd be better if people do listen to it and then score it? So is it because you? Someone you do. Might... I actually do. Everybody do. Everyone oh. go out and listen to that and let me know what your thoughts are. Because if I'm missing something, I'm happy to hear it. Okay, cool. Really am. I have strong convictions, but I also have an open mind. 
So I need to understand why. Like I do, I genuinely, I've got a real desire to understand what people like, like about it. I need to know. Because other stuff I get, right? So you were talking about Tupac. I understand why other people like it. Mm-hmm. And then I think about Boyzone. Understand why people like it. There's loads. I get it. There are some genre, country and western music. Possibly the biggest genre of music in the world. I understand why people like it. Okay. What I don't get, doesn't mean I like it, doesn't mean it's going to be my first choice. Yeah. What I don't get is why people would like, because it just seems just tedious, annoying songs, and I don't understand what it is about them that people like. So I just need to know. We good? I did warn you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not... I, I, I'm not reviewing them again I can put my foot down Because I'm never going to like it I've just realised so But this is the best bit The best bit is making you listen to something nah. you don't like Because nah. of your convictions I'll refuse Alright, shall we get into the guilty pleasure? Your Highlight hun- of my week <laughs> And that's meant to be the stupid bit <laughs> Do you want to sing it? Go on, sing it You're unbelievable That's what I think about And the guilty pleasure lingo oh, oh, no, play it I'm not in the mood <laughs> Alright, EMF um, Schubert Dip Which you told us all What you think is the meaning Which is smart Well done What did you think of this? Look, it's a guilty pleasure, right? So it's not supposed to be amazing But it was actually A massive relief <laughs> From the other two That were meant to be the good things So thank you Thank you, Steve Because that, that actually You know It was I've never listened to this album Ever No, neither had I And I've got I quite enjoyed it To be honest Maybe it was just the week that was, but I quite liked it. So, good. I think it doesn't have a high bar. <laughs> Let's be fair. Uh, so, I've got good. Children. Long summer days. I believe unbelievable, of course, is yeah. the standout. Long time. And EMF, which is the hidden track at the end. Um, bad songs. I don't really have any. I will say it's a little bit repetitive, mm. the way it sounds. They go back to the well quite a bit. Yes, they do. Okay, what have you got? Good songs. Long summer days, when your mind lies, unbelievable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bad songs, children. I hated it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I didn't mind it. Okay. Um, traveling, not country, running. I believe bad songs. Um, yeah, look, it does get a bit same samey, but the, the, when the good songs are good, they're actually or like they're not bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, Go on. Four and a half out of ten. Oh, I thought you would have given it a bit higher. I give it a six. I actually. Was alright with this album But I gave it more Than Richard and Divine Comedy Uh, Yeah okay Okay Nearly more than Both of those scores Put together I thought this was A really fun album I really enjoyed it Yeah it's fun It's not I didn't find it offensive It's it's dated Very dated Very dated Yeah absolutely Okay What's mine? It's your turn Yeah Yeah it is Look at you You're smiling Mm, Yeah Because what you have to understand (laughs) You have so much payback. Is it because I made you listen to Divine Comedy? Yeah, and you've got... Now, how many... What are we on number 25? So we've got another 24 episodes, and I'm going to make you pay in each one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what have I got? So we spoke about them last week. Did we? Yeah, and I um, went on a little speech about them. Oh. Oh, no. And so, because of that, I thought, I'll have a little listen. And then I went, oh, yeah... And then I thought, oh, Is this the bloody Spice Girls? It's the Spice Girls. <laughs> spice by the Spice Girls. Is that the first album yeah. then? 
classic of our time. I'll, to be fair, I probably should have expected that. And it's better than Mariah Carey. Okay. I'll it was in between that and another one. And, it, and I'm going to hold that one You're going to keep that in the bank. Oh, you <sighs> have no idea. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, Britpop one-liners. Britpop one-liners. a bit of junk. That'll be funny. That'll be funny. I think it's me to ask you. Oh, good. Uh, Leslie, embrace. Oh, um, I'll give you nice ones. You've been, you're hungover. It's fine. I'm angry because, like, I'm you're still. You're still angry. I'm, I'm really struggling. I'm sorry, everybody. Sometimes when you have strong conviction, it's hard to shake them off. <laughs> but um, yeah, embrace. So some people will say they're not technically Britpop and all the rest of it, but one of my favourite bands of that era, that Why album. Why would they not be technically Britpop? I don't know. I've had people have argued with that. Embrace. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I've had a couple of tweets and. And that album, like their album, and I really want to talk about them, The Good Will Out, is still one of my all time favourite albums. Like, I love it. Okay. So, for me, Britpop One Liner is um, underrated band. I love them. Go and listen to the album. Okay. Les, One Liner on Blur. Blur. Um, Oh, it's tough for me. Um, don't love them as much as the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, they've grown on me over the years. Okay, all right. Les, Paul Weller. Oh. <laughs> Living legend. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Okay, all right, nice, nice. Um, shall we get into Garbage? Yes. Alright, so number 25, Garbage debut album, the self-titled one. Album cover, Pink Feathers. Very iconic album, actually. Yeah. Uh, with the G imprinted, Garbage in the top right-hand corner, released on the 15th of August, 95. Uh, this is a first album, what followed it, version 2, which went to number 1 in 1998. I think I'll get into it, but version 2 is probably the bigger album. Yeah. Um, that probably falls back to your now that you know who they are you buy the second album Smart Thinking by, by Leslie that's it the label is Almo and recorded in Smart Studios which I'll talk to a bit later on um, tracks are 12, 50 minutes chart position it went in at number 6 well the highest position it got to was number 6 it went in at number 12 how long was it in the charts? 131 weeks wow I know mental wow. mental all right, so you want to talk about the chart size? Yeah. You ready? I just need to get cheered up. Please make them fun. Number 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, 95's all right. 95's okay. Um, number 10, I'll be there for you by the Rembrandt. I'll be there for you. That's not bad. Number 9, Staying Alive by Entrance. <laughs> So, Entrance, right? I wanted them to be a guilty pleasure, but they're not on Spotify. Oh, that's the rules. Because I loved that album. I didn't know they had an album. Yeah. If you buy it, I'll listen to it. All right? I'm not paying. I'm not. If it's not on Spotify, I'm not partnering with my own cash for it. All right, number eight Light of My Life by Louise. Sounds awful. That would be Jamie Redknapp's missus when she broke up, when she split from. What was she in? Eternal? Yeah, yeah okay. they're not together now. Are they not? Yeah. She's got a really close female friend. Okay. 
But apparently it's just a close female friend, but there's been a lot allegedly, of Allegedly, allegedly. Yes, I said rumours. Number seven. Def Leppard, When Love and Hate Collide. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> I don't know what that goes like. Yeah, you do. When Love and Hate Collide. By Def Leppard? Yeah, it's like a real soppy thing. It must have been in the movie, I reckon. Oh. Number six, Fantasy by Mariah. That's amazing. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. When I close my eyes, you come and you take me. Number five, You Are Not Alone by Michael, Jack- Michael Jackson. So many jokes, so many jokes, so many jokes, so many jokes. Moving on fast. Thank you. <laughs> Number four, Who the F is Alice by Smokey and Roy Chubby Brown. Awful. Number three, Bombastic by Shaggy. <laughs> Mr. Bombastic. Number two, Miss Shapes, Sorry for Ease and Wiz by Pulp. Oh, wow, was that then? Yeah, number one, My Boy, Simple Red with Fairground. Do you not, seriously, do you not like that song? I mean, it is a good song. I love song. the thought of coming home to you, even if I know we can make it. It's a good song. No. <laughs> Just reminding myself. Okay. Um, I think the video clip was at Blackpool and he was on the Pepsi Max. Yeah, he was. That's all I remember. Did you ever go on the Pepsi Max? No, I haven't. It's brilliant. Is it? Yeah, it was really good. Mm. How many times have you been to Blackpool? Tons. Yeah? Recently? Not recently. I used to love going to Blackpool. I used to go as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Haven't been recently. Mm. I reckon it must be a bit weird now. I don't know. When you go I back... went to Brighton recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Good like memories British of Brighton. British side town. Do you know what it is? When you've lived in Australia and you know what a beach is... It's like... <laughs> Are they stony so beaches? Strange. Yeah, but, beaches? Yeah, but it's like... It's just like every stereotype in the world. Like people with a hanky on their head, an ice cream cone, and their deck chairs. And you're just like... It's just... The beach is done so differently in Australia. It's just a towel. People lie down and they go for a swim. And That's it. There's no ice cream. No, there's no ice cream. There's no ice cream. There's never an ice cream van. No, there's no deck chairs. No, but to be fair, you can't lie down on most. But of even the if you could, I don't get it. Like it's just so, such a different experience. Oh. People in Australia go to the beach for the beach, as in I want to go in the sea and I want to come back out, have a swim, do whatever. Whereas, think you go to the seaside in the UK, very different thing. Just eat fish and chips and have your ice cream to eat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I've good memories of Brighton Pier. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just thought I'd ask. I, I don't know. Uh, anyone who lives in Blackpool or Brighton, let us know what they're, what they're like. Uh, albums, you ready? Yeah. Celine Dion with Du. Du, as in like two and three. Yeah, the number two, yeah. Mm. Uh, Why did you do albums last? We also do albums first. I don't know. I've got them in the... Oh, look, it's, look we've talked... It's, Let's just get through this, alright? <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. Wet, wet, wet. Let's picture this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is it wet, wet, wet every time? I don't know. What's, what's I don't going? even know. Because I'm just not... I don't know. Yeah. Wet, wet, wet for you is, 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 is like when I say Travis to you. You have a reaction immediately to it. I do. It's weird. Uh, number eight, The X Factor by Iron Maiden. Oh. Number seven, All You Can Eat by Katie Lang. <laughs> Constant. Oh, okay, cool, got it. I love that song. Do you? Okay. Yeah. We've got a mutual friend who 
that's their least favourite song of all time. So I sing it to them every time I sing. Because <laughs> why would you tell me that? <laughs> uh, what's my least favourite song of all time? You know it. Do I? Yeah, you, you bloody do. And you made sure to, to play it. <laughs> 500 miles by the performance. <laughs> Any chance you get, Amazing. you'll whack that Amazing. on. Uh, number six, Stanley Road by Paul Weller. Oh, what an album. Uh, number five, The Great Escape by Blur. Wow. Yeah. Number four, The Greatest Hits of Michael Bolton. That always feels like he's there In the charts Uh, Number three Daydream by Mariah Carey Number two We talked about earlier Design of a Decade by Janet Jackson Utter nonsense Like utter nonsense The cheek of someone And number one What's the story by Oasis Woohoo Right You ready? Yeah Let's get into it So Firstly Garbage Yeah we're a bit cheeky Is this an American band? Let's just address that. No. Why are they not an American man? Because we said so, and <laughs> she's Scottish. Well, so we've yeah, so yeah, we've we've kind of sneaked it in um, because of of Shirley Manson. So she's Scottish, obviously. She was born in Edinburgh, uh, and then number two, they were really popular over here in the Britpop indie scene. Um, so we sort of they were one of my go-to's growing up as yeah, well, same. right? So the band are Shirley on vocals, Butch on drums, Duke on bass, and Steve Mark on guitar. Where did they record the album? Uh, in the States. <laughs> 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 so most of the band knew each other and worked together um, prior to Shirley. Um, Butch and Mark knew each other from uni and setting up a, a music label called Boat Records, and they created Smart Studios. So Smart Studios is where they record most of their stuff. And Which is in the south of England. Yep, yep, let's go with that. <laughs> so, Butch and Marker were also in a couple of bands called Spooner and Firetown, which they were in, and they also learned to produce as well. Uh, once those bands were done, they, they solely focused on production work. Butch did Spashing Pumpkins, uh, Gish, and Nirvana, Nevermind. So, that's how Butch. No. You didn't know that? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he done Nevermind. And so that's what it's this, there's this running joke with the band that whenever they sit down to an interview, it's like, all right, ask me about Kurt Cobain. Like, before they ever get to one question about garbage, like, who many, how many questions do you have around Nirvana? Hands up from the media. And he gets them out of the way before he actually starts talking about garbage. Yeah. Um, so the production side is still going. So Butch is still very much uh, producing, which we'll talk to. Um, he done one of my guilty pleasures, which you are going to cop. I've copped enough this week. <laughs> it's common. It's common. Uh, so they started as a three-piece with the name Garbage with Butch on vocals. The name being picked from a journal entry that he wrote, I hope that all this garbage will become something beautiful. They didn't want an all-male band. They wanted a strong female lead singer, Q Shirley. Shirley was already in a band called Angelfish. Mm-hmm. That's how Steve saw her. One day in a music video called Suffocate Me, Angelfish, they're not on Spotify, sadly. Um, I don't know if you listen to any of their mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Angelfish are on Spotify, but not Shirley's band, so they probably that. She started in a band called Goodbye Mr. McKenzie. Okay, yeah, okay. Did you listen and to then, them? No. Okay, cool. And then what? Then went into Angelfish. Yeah. Okay. So that was like a solo album that she did with the same people from the band, but more around her solo stuff. Oh, okay. And then that's when she then garbage asked her to audition. 
Okay, cool. Um, she was asked by Gigwise what she was listening to around this time. Do you remember what you were listening to during the making of your debut album, Garbage? I'd been on tour with previous band Angelfish with an artist called Vic Chestnut, who's just this incredible singer-songwriter. He's a paraplegic, and he had an accident when he was drunk and ended up in a wheelchair. Whoa. But he's an amazing writer. I was listening to a lot of Vic and always felt that his little ghost sits on my shoulders in certain ways throughout that first record because he really inspired me. There's a, a story about how she actually met Butch and Duke is that she was wheeling Vic down the road and tumbled him out of his wheelchair oh, right, in, right in front of them. And that's how they all got they all met for the first time. As Charlie, her. Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> um, so how this all came about, Charlie said, I remember getting a phone call. I was literally doing the dishes. I had rubber gloves on and it was seven o'clock at night. The call was from my A&R guy. He said, there's a producer in America who's been inquiring about you. His name is Butch Vig. I was like, what do you mean inquiring? He said, well, he wants to work with you. He's really interested in recording the song. All right. I was like, well, who's this guy? And he said, well, you should go back and listen to your Nirvana record or Sonic Youth or Smashing Pumpkins. You'll see his name on all the back of the CDs. I mean, it's pretty good. It's amazing. <laughs> Just imagine it. You get a call like that. What? Eh? I know. It's insane. Why have I not got a call like that yet? That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Should send the podcast to Butch. Maybe that can change it. Um, but yeah, and it was like the story of, of how it was this music channel, music show really late at night. And he apparently never used to tape it. And he just happened to tape this one episode. And Shirley was on it. And that's Fate. the tape. Fate. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So then she was like, I was squealing. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, how could this be possibly happening to me? Butch had this incredible, cool, eclectic discography and I was really flattered. I still am, actually, truth be told. So they arranged to meet Charlie in London on the 8th of April 94, the day Kurt Cobain committed suicide, or suicided, which they found out later. They put everything on hold until Angel Angel Fish finished supporting the band live and Shirley did an audition with the guys. But apparently it it went rubbish. It didn't go well at all. Did you read about that? No. Yeah, her first audition didn't go well and she, she sort of... Well, I don't think she was prepared for what the guys kind of... The way she talks about it is that she was set up in a private room and they played the music and she'd never written music before. And so she kind of fobbed the way that she had written music. So when they got into the studio with her, they're like, just sing what you've wrote. And she's like, oh, I don't really. <laughs> don't really. It sounds like something you I would do. I jumped the queue because I'm better than you. I jumped the queue again. Maybe that's what Divine Comedy do. <laughs> Um, so anyway they did a second try they finally got together some demos so they got Vow, Queer and Stupid Girl Uh, she was asked did you feel a lot of pressure um, to impress especially singing for the producer who had worked with Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins it was horrifically intimidating I don't uh, know if the band ever really understood that I've always been an outsider I'm still an outsider in garbage I'm the odd one out by default I'm the only girl, I'm younger than they are, they've all known each other for 40 years or something crazy like that, so I always felt off the centre of things. I felt incredibly lucky and incredibly grateful, which is appropriate, but also incredibly destructive in my own already small amount of self-belief. I didn't believe deep down that I had any talent, I had never written a song at this point, so I was shaking in my shoes, literally. It it took arguably 20 years for me to actually feel like I deserved to be sitting in the same seat. Charlie. Full on, huh? You wouldn't, to be honest, like, Charlie to me always comes across as this incredibly confident woman. 
And so you you sort of feel that going through this, how um, afraid of this process that she was. Yeah. And when I've got tons on information about her, and it's been an interesting process doing a lot of research on her, but she's not... She's got a lot of demons... Okay. She's not. Yeah. She she seems a lot stronger than I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Than she than she is. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about them now, or do you want me to go on a bit? Um. You may go. Thanks. Uh, so they originally signed. Uh, they originally only signed in the UK to Mushroom UK and pushed out Vow. That's why. Yeah, that's, that's why, why. That's exactly that, why. I knew there this. was something. That's it right there. <laughs> so Vow is the only completely finished song. Which, because it got played so much in the UK, got heard over in the States, and then subsequently got picked up by Almo Records. After Vow, the album came out, debuting at number 12. Amazingly, Australia, number 5. Really? Yeah, number 5. They picked up nominations at the Brits. Oh, this contradicts everything. Best New Band and Best International Newcomer. Newcomer. Not Newcomer. Newcomer. Anyway, through 95 to 96, they did their own album tour as well as support for the Smashing Pumpkins. In 1996, Garbage were on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack with Number One Crush. It was the first first song on that. What a soundtrack. What I still think one of the best movie soundtracks of all time. Okay. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't. I, I think you've got a. I don't like the movie. Do you like the movie? Yes. Why? What do you mean? It's not a good movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. IMDb, here we go. Oh, no, I reckon it will do well on IMDb. Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? Well, I mean, everybody knows the story. Yeah. But I think it's really well done, and it's kind of like... It's a little bit like, and I hate musicals, but it's kind of got that vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a really different way of telling a, such a well-known story. Okay. Um, and the soundtrack makes it for me. Yeah, the soundtrack is good. I just I don't. It's not one I would go to because I don't. Six point eight <sighs> under seven. I wouldn't watch it now. I wouldn't. <laughs> I think I do. I do. I haven't watched it for years. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I enjoyed it because I was younger, but I think the soundtrack makes it for me. Okay. It always has because you've got to admit it's got Radiohead on it. It's got garbage on it. What cardigans your... are on it? Yeah. Desiree on it is on it. Who else was on it? That was amazing. Hey, what's your least favourite movie of all time? Least favourite movie least of favorite. all time? Least favourite. You hate You can't stand it. Can I tell you mine? Anything Wait. with space in it. Anything with space. Okay. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Oh. oh it's the, the worst pile of garbage I've ever seen in my life. And just got played it all really the time. It really isn't. Got played all the time I mean, in my it's, house. It's amazing. Dirty Dancing. What's your least favourite? It's not amazing. But, um... I've got a story about this. If you six point nine out of ten for Dirty Dancing too, brilliant. That's good. I'm happy with those. All right, yeah. Well, not because that's nearly seven. My least favorite movie of all time. Tell it. I know your Dirty Dancing story. <laughs> Come on, tell. So you know the song in Dirty Dancing. I had the time of my life. Yes. So I had just started uni. Mm-hmm. So I just moved out of home for the first time. Okay. I'd been away from home now for three days. Um. And they had organised a pub crawl around Edinburgh. Okay. So I went to the pub crawl. Right. Um, drank a lot at the pub crawl. 
probably didn't eat as much because uh, my mum's not there. Okay. Yep. Forgot okay. I had to do that by myself. Yep. So didn't. Yeah. Um, then got back to the students' union mm-hmm. for some more drinks, mm-hmm. um, and then they had karaoke. So I thought that would be amazing to sing karaoke. Okay. So well, there was like a group of us that had sort of become friends and I'd said to this guy, we should do a duet. And he's like, I'm up for that. What do you want to sing? And I was like, mm, I don't know what kind of duet song. And I think he said, why don't we do the one from Dirty Dancing? I went, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Let's do that. So we're on the stage singing it. And then I got excited and said... You know the bit in the instrumental when they jump off the stage in the movie? Mm-hmm. We should do that. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like, nah, nah, I think we should be fun. Nah, nah, I think we should. Stage is quite high. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> so I did it. So I jumped off the stage. But I slipped on my landing. Oh. And I had the microphone in my right hand. Yeah. Because I'm a professional, I landed on my left. Okay, of course. Therefore, to make sure that I still had full control of my microphone. <laughs> And fell and hurt my... Well, just thought I'd hurt my arm a bit. Get back on the stage and finish the song like a oh, true professional. Oh, well done. Boom. But then, carried on drinking. Everybody's like, oh, you fell. I was like, oh, I want to do it. Woo. And then, had a couple of drinks. Then, we're all going back to the halls of residence. And I... Somebody was like, oh, can you play your guitar? Yeah, no worries. So, lifted up my guitar to play it. And obviously, with the left hand that you hold the neck of the guitar, I couldn't turn my hand around. Oh. And I was like, oh, can't turn my hand around, can't hold my guitar. Um, just a bit stiff. So then went to bed, woke up in the morning, my phone was ringing, stretched out my hand to get it, and it locked. Oh. I threw up on myself oh. with pain. Because oh. it was so sore. <laughs> I didn't know that bit. Yep. Um, and then I had met friend, made friends who are now still some of my best friends, yeah. and they were actually studying nursing, Oh yeah. and they came in, and I had to get them to help me put my jeans on, and I mean, jeez, they'd know me three days, because <laughs> um, we were meant to be going into Edinburgh shopping, <laughs> and I was like, I think there's a problem with my arm. So my elbow, where usually it's on the outside of your arm, was now on the inside oh! of my arm, and I wasn't quite sure if that was... <laughs> I thought that may be a problem... <laughs> an A&E with my friend uh, Verity who's still very good friends with me now and that's where we submitted our friendship in A&E and then I um, had to then ring my mother and tell her that I was in an accident emergency and that I had actually uh, broken my elbow so I chipped a couple of bones in the old elbow oh god and I missed my very first uh, lecture at uni because I had to go to fracture clinic And then for about another 12 months, any time I was seen in the toilets at the Students' Union or you bump into people at the shop, you're, yeah, that's me, Alice, yeah. <laughs> you're the funny dancer. <laughs> Took us 25 episodes, but we got to that story. Oh, man. That is, that's you. That's you to a T. <laughs> that's why Les gets injured all the time. You get well, I don't jump off stages often. Not anymore. No. Other stuff, climbing up lampposts. <laughs> Just falling in general, so much falling. I fell in Fiji twice, once on a boat. I don't know. I don't know how you just fall over. Yeah. Shout out to Verity though. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we're dirty. Oh, worst movie ever. You didn't say. Um, probably something Star Trek. 
But have, have you seen it? Probably not. So you just you were. Just... I think it's no. I think I did because my brother. I actually tried. That's a good call. Do you want to have a think about it? I do. Don't hurt yourself. I went. Oh, eat, pray, love. Oh, I've never seen that. Walked out the cinema. Did you? And I don't ever do that because nothing's ever Isn't that... that bad. This might be a thing. Isn't that a girly movie? Wouldn't you? Is it a rom com or something? But it's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. Like so bad. Like those kind of movies sometimes, right? If you're just going, if you're going with a group of people, or you're just watching it for a laugh, or you don't need to think, mm. you can stare at them. You never, mm. it's never going to win an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was like so bad. Like I hated every minute of it. Mm-hmm. That was me in Justice League. I, I walked out. That's the first ever movie I think I walked out in twenty years. But I was like, this is. My time is way more important than this movie. Like, that's how bad it was. I could be doing anything else than being in the cinema right now, and it would be better. Really? Yeah, it was bad. I love me a shark movie. The Meg. Oh, it's on Netflix. Sharknado? Oh, Sharknado's better than The Meg. The Meg is the biggest awful. But you just laugh through it. Just like, because, hello, sharks, big sharks. It's weird. Right, should we get back in the garbage? Yeah. So version 2 was released in 98 So it all came back 97 they got back in the studio Version 2 came out a year later It went to number 1 in the UK Had awesome songs like I think of Paranoid, Push It, When I Grow Up uh, You didn't rate it that highly Neither did I though um, Both of us gave it around the 6 mark Yeah it's not great What was? What do you think about that album? I love Push It Great song um, When I Grow Up it's okay this was way more successful as well. It was, it was a really way, popular it's probably album. more well because again the second album thing, probably a bit more accessible. It's a bit more poppy. Yeah, I agree. Then I, I completely stand by the fact that I prefer their debut album. I still think it's their best album. Yeah, okay, okay, and I'll, we'll talk about some of the other work. Yeah. Um, so Manson said this to me. That was the moment when everything became solidified. Um, we became, in my mind, a real band, whatever that means. It meant something to me to be recognised as a band that wasn't just a flash in the pan. I questioned whether we would be able to repeat the first success of the first record. So it's true, right? So it's recognition that you know they're solid and mm-hmm. they can keep producing. In an interview with Backspin, they spent two hundred grand in alcohol at the local bar making this album. Two hundred grand, like they were just they would just get block, like creative block go down the pub um, and just spend, spend. That's and a lot of drinking. Heaps of people would come and just put it on their tab. Imagine, like, almost a quarter of a million in uh, in booze. Gone. I really can't. Yeah. Uh, the video to Push It, which is a great video, which Charlie says is our absolute favourite, apparently it was going to cost them 500 grand. And the records label was like, oh, no, 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 we want to do it. We want to we have this this producer. Anyway, they um, the day before they got a call from the producer saying actually price has gone up quite a bit. It's going to cost you three quarters of a million dollars for this video, and they were too late. They they planned everything around this video, so seven hundred and fifty grand for the video to push it. Why did the price go up? Was he at it? <sighs> I don't know. What did they base that on? I don't know. It's a good point, isn't it? It's quite the racketeering racket. The day before your video, you get yeah. squeezed for another quarter no, of a million. Well, you've got no choice. You know, no backup. Yeah, everything's banned around. Uh, so this is where start, things start to turn a bit for the band. They were on the same label as No Doubt and Alanis Morissette. Mm. And how massive were they around this time, right? It's because she swore. Alanis Morissette? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Garbage are a big touring band. Like, they are... 
like if you see any album, it's immediately followed by a year to 18 months of, of constant, constant touring. Um, so she, they started to struggle a little bit. Did you read the article by Shirley um, where she reflected back to her time as a teenager and then around this time where it's all around self-harm? Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So she, obviously, you know, she grew up in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, and so apparently the, she started to get bullied at secondary school. Oh, okay. Um, and that started to cause her to suffer from depression and then she had body dysmorphic dis- disorder. Oh, okay. And then that's when she started to engage in self-harm. Mm-hmm. She used to, like, carry sharp objects, including, like, a razor in her socks and shoes. Jeez. So that as soon as she started to feel stressed or anxious, she would um, start to harm herself. Wow. Um, the bullying stopped when she joined, like, a kind of rebel crowd. Okay, okay. Um, but then she went down a sort of path where she started, like, smoking weed, sniffing glue. Oh, God. Um, she was still quite artistic then. She still wanted to perform, but she was rejected by the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama. Oh, I did she really that. wanted to get in. I didn't know that, okay. Um, but she... Yeah, she talks a lot about... So, basically... It, she then talked about how people used to like always said to her, your songs are quite dark. Has that got some form of like relation to it? And she's always like, she says people get uncomfortable when you tell the truth. So she said, it's, um, I'm happy to feel and I want to feel every effing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to feel the breeze, the punch, the disappointment. I want to feel love, lust and everything in between mm-hmm. because I'm here for a limited amount of time. I want to feel it all because I'm a greedy mofo if that makes me dark so be it mm-hmm. um, then she leads on and said about her self harm that that's how she felt with that because mm. you want to feel everything yeah, so yeah. she talked about that okay. so cutting herself she said she was hyper emotional when she was younger but she still thinks that she is mm-hmm. um, she talks about the fact that her family didn't talk about feelings just like very Scottish it's just like we'll just get a grip of yourself <laughs> and I can kind of relate to that. Yeah, yeah. We're not the type of people that sit in a house and, do you want to tell me Yeah, talk feeling? to me about your feelings. Yeah, it doesn't no. happen. Are you all right? Are you going to be okay? You are right, hen? Yeah, you are right, hen? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> right, we'll just, um, off you go then. Right, no worries. <laughs> um, like, she's, she's had a lot of stuff happen to her. Like, she said when she was young, she had friends who lost their lives. One of them, one of them shot himself. Oh, God. Another hanged himself. Oh, jeez. And another drove his motorbike into a wall. Oh, my God. And then that triggered the the cutting again wow so, that's brutal. like there's a lot that's of sad. um and even like she talks about some of the people that she was like musically mm-hmm. who inspired her so you've got like Susie and the Banshees the Cocteau Twins so Liz Fair sings on the Cocteau Twins she's the singer on Teardrop Massive Attack no way yeah yeah didn't know that okay mm-hmm. um Patty Smith Nick Cave it's a yeah, whole okay, yeah. bit I mean Nick Cave's a bit dark yeah it's very dark yeah um she yeah, I've, it's interesting because you wouldn't. She doesn't strike you as that type, but mm. there is that level of insecurity. Mm. Um, but it does, yeah, it's surprising. Okay. But I love the fact that she's so open about it. She's very open, and I think that that's half the battle. And I also think there are probably a lot of young girls out there reading that maybe won't feel so alone. Yeah, like I do think it's a good thing. Yeah, she's obviously more on top of it now. The fact that she's open and talks about it. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Okay. Okay. Next, 
99, they got asked to do James Bond. I can't wait to talk about this with you. All right, so the James Bond movie, Pierce Brosnan, The World is Not Enough. So they got asked by um, David Arnold um, to do the James Bond theme. First of all, what do you think of James Bond movies? What's your favourite one? I don't like them. Okay, okay. Have you seen any of Daniel Craig's? Uh, Casino Royale. And? Oh, you didn't like it? Why didn't you like it? Because they're sexist. Okay, talk to me about that. Well, because they are. Okay. I mean, the women have all got silly names and then he just does what he does and he... Oh, it's just pathetic. Oh, okay. Um, and they're just a bit boring. Boring? Casino Royale, is a, it sets the scene. It's not the action-packed one. I'm just not a huge James... They're just not... They're certainly aimed not at... I'm probably not the target audience. Mm. Um, I love them. Love them. Who do you think the best James Bond is? Uh, see, no, no, I'm going to get in trouble. Um, I should really like Daniel Craig. Controversial. No, I just don't. I, I don't get the Sean Connery love. I really didn't like um, Roger Moore. That Timothy Dalton doesn't get enough credit. His movies were great. Um, I don't know. I I real. I like Daniel Craig. I liked Golden Eye. See, Golden Eye when it first came out, and I'm glad we're talking about. So Pierce Brosnan. When he first got announced as Bond, I was ecstatic. GoldenEye, when I saw it, was amazing. That movie now is horrendous. It doesn't age well Yeah, I went to the cinema all. to see it with my it, dad and brother. Maybe that's why I like it. I've oh, never seen it since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try watching the first 10 minutes. You won't make it past. It is cringy. And that's Pierce Brosnan movies are not good. They, they just, they're ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Daniel Craig has brought some reality back to the franchise. And they're actually, the stories are great. The bad guys are great. Um, no, I, I really like the current current Bond, but I do think they need a change. Who do you think? Well, this is Idris Elba. I would love to see him as Bond, just because I love it'd be, him. Oh, I love him. Do you like Luther? Yeah, I love it. Of course, it's so good. good. But I just think they need to change up the franchise. I mean, even you know, a female Bond, like just change it, do something different. Female Bond, who would that be? Just don't give me the stock standard. White middle-aged man. Like, yeah. No, I don't. It's the same. Just change the formula a little bit. Do something different. Female Bond. Yep. Who would you have that? Oh, now I'm going to have to think about that. I don't know. That's going to take some time. That would That's going to take some research. But do you think Idris Elba? I would love to see Idris. Because, first of all, he's fantastic. Great DJ as well. Yeah, I know. Love Idris. Um, great actor. But I also just think it would bring a totally new feel to the to the Bond franchise. And he's an attractive man as well. I like think he's... people would feel about that. I don't know. I don't know. Because really, who else is there? Um, there's a few. I know our mate Imran did, a, did a, a poll and Idris wasn't in the poll and he should have been. But um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to take that away. Anyway, right. Should we get on with this? Anyway, what did you think of that song? Um, I don't mind it. It's actually... And it's... So what they did, they did the song, um, and it's a great song, really heavy on the guitars, and they told a story about when they got invited to the premiere, and they their flight was late, so they couldn't make it to their own premiere, of, so they couldn't get to see it. Anyway, so they went to a local cinema to see it when it came out, and then they found out that the song had been completely remixed, Uh-oh. and all the, the heavy guitars had been lost. So there's two versions, there's the original, 
which is on their sort of best of and, and it's on there. But then there's the David Arnold version, which is very different. It is still great, but all those heavy guitars are gone. But you would assume that from David Arnold, though. He's not... He would be more... Correct. Yeah. I mean, look, they were they were gutted that they changed it so much, but they're still proud to have a James Bond song. Yeah, it's going to be there forever. Uh, best James Bond song. <gasps> There's a poll. It'd be a Shirley Bassey one for sure. Or Tina... Really? The Golden Eye Tina Turner song's amazing. Yes. Um... Goldfinger is a standout. Um, Adele's one was alright. Skyfall. Yeah. Is I that d- what it's called? I don't know, I can't remember. But I remember hearing it and going, I don't think she's. It didn't sound to me like she was pushing herself to her normal range. Yeah. Like I'm some expert. But anyway. Who will do the next one? Is there a next James Bond coming? Yeah, Bond 25. Oh, the film. What's the song? Just, oh, they've, they've, they've just started filming it. So it's just. There was literally one scene that. So it was quite funny actually because Bond, this is, they've just released one scene of the film team filming uh, Bond pull up in London and get out of his car, but he parked on double yellow lines. <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone's like, that's going to cost you Bond, you know what I mean? Uh, so, all right, in 2001, Alma was sold to the company UMG, during which time Shirley tried to leave. Ending up in Shirley actually having to sue Almo, finally it was settled and garbage moved to Interscope. Then came Beautiful Garbage in 2001. What's your thought about this? This album? Third favourite. Okay. Look, the band, lots of strain within the band. Shirley was going through a divorce. She was fighting with Duke all the time, apparently. Um, This was also released the day after the September 11th attacks. Oh, dear. And so all of their promotional work stopped. And also, it was a very different time when that obviously happened. Uh, and so their album just sort of, unfortunately, didn't do too well. Um, all of the promotion work got halted. Um, it still got to number six. Had Shut Your Mouth, Androgyny, and Cherry Lips. Cherry Lips. That's a banger. That's a great song. And it has, um, I used to play the Roger Sanchez remix of that all the time. It's brilliant. Um, they did 14 months of touring. However, Butch got really sick. He got hepatitis A. And, oh, and a bout of Bell's palsy. Whoa! I know, I know. So he got removed from the tour. And what apparently happened, Butch was always the middleman for the band. Because obviously he's worked with, with bands and musicians through his long career. He was sort of the mediator between everyone, especially Shirley and um, Duke. Uh, Shirley, yeah, Shirley and Duke. And so he wasn't there, which made the fight way worse. And so the band really struggled. Mm. I know, so... Um, they had a break and Shirley went, I'm going back home. She had a cyst removed from her vocal cords. So she had some throat issues at the time as well. Um, look, Beautiful Garbage. It's a really good album. I actually like this better than version two. Oh. Yeah, I know, that's controversial. That's I know. ridiculous. It does. It does. <laughs> it's a good segue coming here. It has the awesome Breaking Up the Girl, which was released by Timo Mass. And it was on Music for the Masses too. How good is that mix CD? That is, yeah. So I went, I went, oh yeah, I forgot about that CD. And I put it on. I was like, oh, this is one of the best mix CDs ever. So I good. About that too. Whatever happened to him? He's still going. Still is touring. He? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your favourite mix album? I bet you I know what it is. Right. Sasha. Involver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that was coming. And also Global Underground, Sasha and Ibiza. Okay, cool. That's okay. amazing. Um, just Sasha. Just anything by him. Um, so more in Fighting Again. Shirley called Butch to say that she couldn't do it anymore and work with Duke. Butch tried to sort it out and calm her down. 
However, he just, he went back to try and sort it out with her, and in the end, he just went, "Yeah, you're right. There's no not any point." So he quit the band as well and went back to LA. So they went quite a bit of time, a couple of years, being apart from each other, and in 2005 got back together and made "Bleed Like Me." There's a fantastic documentary called "Thanks for Your uh, Support." It actually has a uh, written. Um, it's on YouTube. Watch it because it's actual video footage from Butch of the band from the very first time they met Shirley all the way up until this album. And it's it's really intimate. And one thing it probably does show is how much they love each other. Aww. Like in this cute, like just behind the scenes and just, it's, it's really, really nice actually. So Bleed Like Me got to number four. I uh, got to the highest ever placing in the US, USA. Um, they went on another extension tour. However, they overextended themselves and cancelled the rest of the tour. Um, no airplay and low ticket sales didn't help either. Look, this is it's a it's a really rocky album. All the electronic samples they're all gone. Couple of stands out, but it, it feels like they missed a step here. I think with this album, did you have you did you listen to this through this process? Yeah. And. Um. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, it's not it's not the best work. Um, Eric Avery from James Jane's Addiction joined the band for the live tours from this. He's been with them ever since now. Manson said this, We were barely even speaking. We didn't want to talk to anyone outside of the band about the problems we were having with our career, so of course it turned into this whole passive-aggressive thing between us. I just wanted to get the hell out of there and go home. So the band went on a, another break. Okay. Um, did you hear about Shirley Manson trying to get her solo album out? Yes. Okay. She tried, but apparently it was too Geffen who she tried to, to push it through. Um, they wanted an Annie Lennox-type album, and apparently her solo work was too dark, and she wasn't changing it. They didn't want to change the mind, so the album actually never happened. Well, that would be silly, because she's hardly Annie Lennox. Yeah. Well, not like I don't mean like that she's not got the same amount of talent. I mean, they're very different. They're very different. And so I just don't know why you'd be... That would be trying to... Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You'd expect a darker solo album from her. I would expect that. I would imagine her solo album to be more aligned with their first album. Songs I, on that of a that ilk. I would say it'd be more like a sort of like Porous Head album yes. where it's dark, it's twisted, it's yeah. Yeah. Not uh, Annie Lennox. Not Annie Lennox. Um Manson said this about the album. Saying that the album had been cancelled. It's dead and buried. We had the funeral. It was sad and I cried a lot because it made such a beautiful corpse that we had an open casket. Imagine that. Mm. You've, you've created 14 songs, your whole album. Can't she just got another record label? I don't know. Well, it never came out. It never came out. Uh, 2007, Absolute Garbage came out. The best of. Which is one of the best ofs. Like, I listen to yeah, it and awesome. it is just tune after tune after tune. Did you know that Manson uh, portrayed a Terminator? Did you see this? No. She went into acting and she played Catherine Weaver, who's the female Terminator, in the Sarah Connor Chronicles from 2008 to 2009. She did 17 episodes. I have not seen that. I've never seen it, never knew it. So when I was doing my research, I'm like, wait, she went into acting? Yeah, 2008. I can't imagine that. It's incredible. I'll have to watch that. Um... So this is from Louder Than Sound. Ultimately, it was a succession of personal devastations that brought garbage back together. In May 2008, Manson lost her mum to dementia, which is incredibly sad. The following year, the six-year-old son of mutual friends, Manson and Vig, was struck down with cancer and died. 
That's just, I, kids with cancer, I just don't, I can't. This got Butch and Shirley talking. To quote Butch, life is short, we should be making music. So they got back together again. Oh. Yeah. So days after attending the funeral, the pair of them got on the phone to Marker and Ericsson and arranged an impromptu recording session in LA. So we got Not Your Kind of People uh, in 2012, which went to number 10. What did you, did you get this far in their, dis, in their career? Yeah, you carry on. Oh, okay. I'm just going to talk about her as a person. Okay, perfect. Um, look, this is this is actually a really, really good album. Um, it surprised me. A lot of beautiful songs. They released this album through their own newly created label called Stun Volume. Another big tour. And it seems like the band were just happy to be back together. All the water had gone. Like It just seems like a much better place. And we got another album, 2016. We got Strange Little Birds. In, and that went to number 17. I haven't listened to that. Have you? Yes. And? Very different. It's very... um... So the press release that went along with it was, this is a sweeping cinematic record of a unified mood. Darkness, right? And it is. It's a really dark album. It does have some gorgeous standouts. Um, Empty, which they released but didn't chart, is really good. Blackout, If I Lost You. There are some really good songs, but it's very different. Um, nothing charted from the album and the album only lasted one week in the top 100 it's very different like you wouldn't and I think you couldn't pop any of these songs on the radio and I think that's why yeah yeah alright so I'm going to talk after Garbage what they're sort of doing now do you want to talk to me about Shirley yes so a bit about her personal life so she was married to a Scottish artist Eddie Farrell from 96 to 2003 okay and then got divorced, as you mentioned, just before mm-hmm. they wanted to release the, that album. Yep. She got remarried in 2008. Yep. Uh, and sorry, 2010, she got engaged to record uh, producer and garbage sound engineer Billy Bush. Yes. The funnest name ever, Billy Bush. That he sounds like he'd be fun. <laughs> Don't know why I think that. Okay. Don't you think? Yes, Did sure. Just make him up. Um, and they got married in LA. Okay. Um, so, usually what I do is to see what people thought about Britpop. So I found an article in Medium magazine. Can't wait for this. And basically, she doesn't talk too much about it. What she does say is the Garbage record came out, this one, just as Britpop was peaking. Yeah, okay. And she said that Garbage did everything in its power to reject the grunge moniker. Mm-hmm. And we actually deliberately incorporated new music styles such as Britpop mm-hmm. and trip pop into our music. Oh. Thoughts on that? Do you think you can hear Britpop in it? And do you think it's grunge? It's got aspects, especially the grunge. Definitely, I, mm. I see more grunge than Britpop in their work. Do you? Like, I, I think I don't know if I get the Britpop vibe. I don't know. I don't know the trip hop. Well, well, that's partly what she. Yeah, I get the trip hop thing. I get. But that. it's interesting, right? So she's the band that we think is less Britpop, but she's saying that they tried to put it in. Then the bands who were like, "Well, you're Britpop now, nah, not." <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't you find it weird? That's true. That's a it's good like point. It's like everything. So then they try to get rid of grunge moniker. So it's like when a band gets told they sound like something. No, we're not. We're a uh, rap. <laughs> what? This <laughs> is so strange. It's yeah, like trying true. to just yeah, disregard yeah. everything else. Um, she in the same article she says that she identifies as an atheist. Okay. But has long been interested in spirituality. Um, 
this next part, I can completely relate to it, especially growing up in Scotland. She recalled when she was very small, I was besotted with the church. I used to love going to church in Sunday school. Her father was a Sunday school teacher. Oh. She absolutely loved the theatre of it, and I got very involved in all the stories in the Bible that were taught. Oh. Which is like, you do until you go. Okay. And then she's like, but when I was about 12, I had an argument with my father. Uh-huh. And uh, screaming that religion is a sham and I'm not going to church anymore. It's just BS. Wow. Um, At 12? Yeah. She she stopped going to the church, but still every Sunday she'd still have uh, theological debates with her father. Oh, and my God. And she uh, still did. Wow. She became disenchanted with organised religion, but still classes herself as spiritual. Okay. Um, she's currently living in LA. Yep. Clearly Britpop. Yep. But um, <laughs> she's currently an activist. Yes. And early in, in the women in the women's movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. She it all began when she was asked to speak alongside trans black activist Ashley Marie Preston okay. and the sex educator Erica Hart. Okay. She states, I realised how ignorant and uneducated I was. She's um, she said I was an ignoramus. I started to read up on race and all the problems with white within white feminism. It made me change my practice. My New Year's resolution this year was to be a better ally to women of colour. Um, she doesn't believe though the future is female. She said nonsense. Let's have a nice balance, shall we? Okay. Which I completely agree with. Yep. Um, interestingly though, this conversation leads to the Me Too movement. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about it. She says it's her older peers' response that she finds exasperating. They say, well, I was raped and I didn't complain about it, as though they resent the, that protections are now encouraged. Um, which is an interesting thought. Is that really what they're saying? Or is it just now we've got far more of a understanding and people are a bit more able to talk about it? Yeah, okay. So that's I find that interesting. Okay. Um she said, as for her male peers' complaints, I want to say, okay, I'm going to offer you two options. And this made me laugh. I'm going to offer you two options. One, you can tell women they are beautiful and touch them in the office as you're sliding past the coffee machine. Or we can eradicate rape and sexual, viol- uh, sexual violence. Which one would you prefer? Yeah. Men want it all their own way. I love men, but I just want men to step up. Boom. <sighs> Yeah, fair. So she, fair. But I agree with that. It's yeah, so yeah. funny because they go on about how, and you're a man. So I'd love to hear your take on this. So I find this whole thing interesting, right? Because men go, oh, we're getting such a hard time. Not everybody's this. I don't touch women up. Not everyone's a rapist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she's given that option. She's like, yeah, but don't, you know, whistle at women when they walk past. Don't do all that. There's an option here. Yeah, it it's either that or that. Yeah. Because it does escalate. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Do you well, agree with that? Yeah, of course I do. I think any... Do you think men get a hard time now? You, you know, what? when they go, oh, it's so hard now, we can't even talk to women or we get accused of rape. Do you think mm-hmm. that's true? No, that's ridiculous. Um, it's just about... I mean, anyone... Any man who's half decent... Yeah. ...and half smart would realise what that is. And... Oh, I didn't expect this when we were coming to this podcast. Well, well. No, it's true. Look, it's a, it, but the same thing is, it's about treating everyone with respect. Yes, right? and that's why I love her thing there. So I got into this other day at work because you talk about things like diversity and you yeah, know yeah. gender balance and stuff yeah. at work. And I go, mm. and so 
And people get upset because they think then women are getting preferred treatment. I'm like, yeah. well, not really. Yeah. I don't want that. I want it to be 50-50. And that's Genuinely it. do. Definitely. Like, I want gender balance. Yes. Not preference. Yep. And I think that she hit it on the head saying, look, let's just have a nice balance. It shouldn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so I like, you know, yeah, I like her take on it. But... Um, She's, ve- look, she is uh, very outspoken, confident... And you ask her, and one thing I love about Charlotte is you ask her a question, she'll give you an answer. Love it. She won't shy away from it. She will tell you exactly how she feels or what she thinks. Um, and I love that brashness about her. Like, I just. I think that's the raw And it's funny, there's a quote, I've got it here because uh, she said this in 2015. I think people think I'm scarier than I am, Shirley Manson admits to Gigwise. I was incredibly aggressive throughout my, my career. I mean, I'm an aggressive girl, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, but I also love really hard. I care about people, and I think I think people think I'm chilly and hard. I couldn't be more opposite to that, and that's true, right? She... I don't think she's chilly and hard. I just thought she was like I just feel like she's got strong convictions. Oh, there you go. No, I didn't see her being that, and because you've also got to remember, part of it's a stage persona, right? So Absolutely, yeah. You can't sing songs like "I'm Only Happy When It Rains." Yes. And stand there smiling. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you got to separate the persona yeah. from the person. Yeah. She's forthright. Yes. That's how I describe it. Yeah, no, I... Okay, uh, so post-garbage. So we're, what are they doing now? So Butch is still producing. Get this. In 2012, Vig got ranked number nine in Enemy's top 50 greatest producers ever. Whoa. I know, that's crazy. So he's always done the garbage albums. Um, he's also done Green Day, The 21st Century Breakdown, Foo Fighters, Wasting Light, and The Goo Goo Dolls, something for the rest of us. Like, if you look at his um, career and the albums that he's worked on, it's just this huge list, and it's just kept on going. Um, Shirley has her own podcast now, started. It's called The oh. Jump. It literally, I think uh, last week was the first episode. I'm going to have to listen to it. Um, she interviews Courtney Love, Perfume Genius. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Big Boy, and Karen O. Is sort of the lineup that she's. Karen O's from Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, cool. Do you like them? Love them. Mm, can't say I've listened to them. Whoa. What do they sing? Maps. I don't. <laughs> they sing maps. <laughs> maps. That's one of my favourites. One of your favourites, not right? Okay. Is it actually? Go on, sing it again. I can't okay. <laughs> Garbage also done a book. They, so it was three years to create this book. This is the noise that keeps me awake. Shirley's very passionate. It looks, it looks awesome. It's all the photos and, and stories. What song's that from? Push it. Yeah, well done. Uh, they also have some new work. So dis- there's two songs on Spotify that's brand new. Destroying Angels and a cover of Starman released oh, by David Bowie in January. Starman. Uh, yep. Shall we get into the singles? Yes, please. Anything else you want to cover off? Uh, no. Um, there's a couple of comments about Shirley, obviously, and how many people were attracted to her when she was I younger. I have noticed that. There's... We've not been getting that for any other female lead singer, is it? I had a crush on Shirley. Mm, she, Yeah, but, yeah. She's stunning. Stunning. That's all I'll say before I get myself into trouble. Considering we were talking about the Me Too movement. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. All right, should we get into the singles then? Yes, please. All right, so the first one is Vow. 
which was the demo, not an actual single. I will say this, Garbage's music videos are brilliant. They're really, really well done. Um, the music video was directed by Samuel Bear. He did Smell Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And, I know. He's done similar videos for Green Day, Ozzy Osbourne, Rolling Stones, Marlon Manson, Renny, Lenny Kravitz, and Robbie Williams' Angels. Okay, moving on. You can't put that in the same... I know, I was... <laughs> That's why I put it there. I was looking down the long list and I'm like, ah, Robbie Williams' Angels? Oh, yeah. Um, look, it's very, very similar to the Smells Like Teen Spirit video, mm. right? They're playing with a white canvas backdrop, flashing lights, very, very cool, very cool. Apparently, it's the first ever time the band played together live. They filmed it, and that's the video clip. Oof. That's pretty cool, huh? That is cool. Only Happy When It Rains went to number 29 on September 95. By the same guy. It starts with kids in costumes. They look like the Teletubbies, but a bit weirder. <laughs> And then the band go into this warehouse, start breaking stuff, and then Manson goes and joins the Teletubbies outside. Bit weird. Queer went to number 13 in November 95. The video was directed by Stephanie Sedani. Sed- oh, I've totally ruined that. Stephanie Sedani. Okay. Cool. Cool. Most of the video is in black and white and shot from a perspective of a guy being abducted. It's a bit weird. Really, Charlie just beckons this guy into the house and he just keeps following her and then he gets into the house and the, the, the guys kind of like jump on him and shave all his hair off and do weird stuff. Anyway, he walks out the house at the end of Hare Krishna. Oh, Hare Krishna. <laughs> uh, Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Do they have them over here? Yeah. Oh. I've seen a few of them. I've never seen them. Okay. The songs. They've got a little um, house in North Sydney. Are we who's? Well, like a centre. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was nominated for the Best Breakthrough Video at the 96 Music Awards, MTV Music Awards. Stupid Girl. What a song. Number four. I was surprised when I saw you post that. My favourite. What do you think my favourite garbage song is going to be? That. I love it. I love the drum. The drums in that song are just built on. Brilliant. So, I, I, yeah. What would you think I would have? I don't know. Not that. Really? Because a couple of, co- couple of people said, oh, you've picked what a surprise. And I'm like, I like that song. It's a great song. I didn't think that would be yours, though. Okay. I do like Cherry Lips. That's probably a close second, but anyway. Mm. All right. So, um, Samuel Bear again. Um, He shot the performance over four hours, apparently. Then he edited every single frame in his bath, apparently. I don't know how you do that. Um, It's apparently one of Charlie's favourite videos. It's kind of the band playing with just colours change over them and it goes black and white, blah, blah. Milk, number 10, October 96. Shirley comes into focus with wind blowing through her hair. She's absolutely <laughs> stunning here. Flashing lights, blurry faces, nothing special, but it's just, it is stunning. Um, should we get into the tracks? Yes. All right. Opens with Super Vixen. Love it. Great start to the album. Okay, so the opening lines are just weird. Come down to my house, stick a stone in your mouth. You can always pull out if you like it too much. Uh-huh. What's that mean? It's weird, eh? Calm down. It's weird. Very weird. Um, good start to the album. Really sets the tone. It's titled after the Russ Meyers film Super Vixens. Shelley said this. It's all about saying, idolise me. I'm going to give you everything you want, but you have to do something in return. It's a bargaining song about a relationship. Shall we play it? Yes. Okay, here we go. Make a home 
clear. I love this song. Do you okay. not love it? Good. Yeah, of course I do. So I remember, memory about this song. I think I've mentioned it in an earlier episode. Um, sitting in the house, I'm sure it was Top of the Pops. Or it was one of the charts. It was a chart show of some description. They come on the singing this song. Mm-hmm. And I was hooked in and I was a teenager. It was something different, completely different mm. to what I'd heard before. Yep. And she was different and it is quite dark and she was quite goth-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. And that would have been, yeah, I'd have been 14 or 15 if this got released then. And it's, I can still remember sitting exactly in my living room and this coming on and oh, being like, whoa. That's incredible. And having to figure and find out what it is. Okay. And when I hear the album, I always have that memory in my head. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, oh, I love it. Do you know what it's about? It's a bit weird. No. Obviously, it's... A, it's Okay, so... I thought it, I've always thought it was about... Because... I don't not in the I don't see it in the sexuality sense. I see it being like strange, like yes. queer as in because when, unusual. Sco- yeah, because like in Scotland, like my parents would say somebody was queer, but not because they're gay. Yes, because they're a bit odd. Yes. So yes. I've always thought it was because, and even thinking then she's a bit different. So she thinks of herself. So she's a bit the queerest of the queer, as in I am the most different of the most different. Like, re- and I. I always have thought it went back to say her childhood feeling like she's like she always thought she was a bit different. Now it might not be, but that's how I've always taken that. Yeah, song. You're, you're spot on. So it's become a gay anthem, and they, and Shirley said they're very very proud of this. However, it actually goes out to everyone who doesn't fit the yes, norm. Yes, that's what I thought. I didn't think it was about that. Yeah, um, lyrically, Butch recalled the inspiration to the track came from reading Brotherly Love, a novel by Pete Dexter. With Queer, I was reading this novel about this woman who was hired to go and make this guy's son a man. The kid is missing a few marbles, but then he realises that the woman who came to his room is also screwing his father. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Anyway. Right, so, playing this. I. I? Whoa. Whoa. That's good. (laughs) Alright, let's play it. Only Happy When It Rains. Favourite garbage song. Oh, okay. Okay. Why? I have three. This is one. Okay. And we'll talk, the other one is on this album, so we'll get to it. And then the other one is The Trick Is To Keep Breathing on version 2.0. Oh, okay. okay. Um, this, I just love it. I'm only happy when it rains. Um, so it's all about the grunge scene. And how nobody's ever happy yeah, and miserable, it. and no matter what they do, there is always just self depreciation. So it's supposed to be poking fun at that genre and scene. Um, I it's a great song, great guitar work. The lyrics are great, great song. Playing it, yes. As heaven is wide. As heaven is wide. Okay. I really like it, as you could tell. It's really dancey start to the song. It's really racy. Really racy. And, um, it's a bit off script, because you go, because Queer and um, Super Vixen's a bit of a heavy yes. start. Yes. And Queer and 
only happy if it rains are very similar. Yes. I think. And, and they're quite, you know, dark. And then this is a bit more... Yes, it is. Look, kind I... Kind of like real, like Madonna-esque. That kind of electronic-y, dancey, singing. Okay. That's what it kind of reminds me of. A lot of their... So I was listening to the 20th anniversary collector's edition, um, which has some of their extra songs. And a lot of their stuff is really dancey and racy that didn't make the cut. Like a, a lot of their later stuff. Um... So, as heaven is wide, Butch went, this is all about voyeurism, hedonism, perversion, obsession, and the art of self-destructions. Um, the song was on the soundtrack to Gran Turismo. I think we've talked about this before. I didn't like that game. You really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Strategy. Uh, I'm not going to play this, because we've, we've got some belters coming up. So, Not My Idea is the next song. I'm not a fan of this. I skip it. Oh, this is a skipper for you? Yeah. Uh, look, I think it's it's all right. Not always, but... It's a bit repetitive, the the sort of chorus. and Look, I, I think it's all right. I wouldn't skip it personally, but I, I don't think it's that great. And then you're into A Stroke of Luck, which it's I like think is really song. good. Okay, I think it's dark, eerie. The chorus is excellent. There's a static noise through the song. Apparently, that's from a tape deck that kept breaking. That they just yeah, I've always wondered about that, that yeah. noise. It was a malfunctioning digital tape deck that they just sampled and put into the song. Um, it made a random squeaky fuzzy kind of noise that we printed on tape and played backwards. We put a drum groove underneath it and Duke played an eerie organ. Shirley sang a tune over the top. It was sort of a sonic poem. A sonic poem. Oh. I really like the song. I want to play this. That's hectic. Okay. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I like the song. Okay, okay. All right, I'm going to play it. Vow. Yeah, good. Oh, what's the matter? I don't know. You paused. There was a pause. Yeah, there's a pause. Let me think about this. How can I word this? Um, not my favourite on the album. Okay. Look, I look, okay. I don't skip it, but I don't... Because they talk about this track a lot, and I don't know if it's as good as the hype. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I know. Okay. Um... The lyrics are great. I can't use what I can't abuse and I can't stop when it comes to you. That's a great line. You burned me out, but I'm back at your door. Like Joan of Arc coming back for more. Yes. Little segue about Joan of Arc. That's interesting. You never normally do this history lesson. Okay. Well, it's not a history lesson. Oh. Well, Bill and Ted's... Uh, oh, what? Okay, so Bill and Ted, remember the movie, the, the first one. Joan of Arc is... Have you ever seen that? Uh, yes, but I don't remember really. Okay, so Joan of Arc is in there, right? And, oh, it's so bizarre. Anyway, I used to have a bit of a thing for Joan of Arc. I don't know why. In that movie or the real one? In the movie. <laughs> I don't I don't even, I, I don't know. And what I used to do is fast forward to the, she's only in it for like five minutes. I used to fast forward all the way just to see her on the screen. Just have a little thing for her. It's weird, right? Who plays her? don't know. Don't Have know. you never thought to look that up? No. I'll do that for you today. Thank you. Well, I just, I saw Joan of Arc and I was like, oh, I remember. And I mean, it wasn't anything 
weird. She was just really nice. Anyway, so um, according to Vic, the inspiration for the song was a newspaper article about a woman who had gone back to get revenge on an abusive husband. Oofed. Vig also said he noted violence could be also come from a psychological standpoint by seeing the story of a sadomasochistic couple who oh. could not keep away from each other. Manson claimed, Vow is about having feelings of vengeance. You have to face your feelings of revenge and work out why you feel that way. It's about that conundrum when you're feeling really angry, but in reality, you're in a pitiful state. Angry, twisted, but deep down vulnerable. <sighs> I know, full on. Vow, definitely playing this. Were you going to say that was a skipper? You were thinking about that. Stupid girl. Don't even. Yeah, look, good song, overplayed. You think it's overplayed? Stupid girl. When do you ever hear that song? Like loads. When? All you have, you wasted. Yeah, that's why I'm just surprised it's your favourite. I I don't think it's strong. I I think it's a good... Like, I think it's a single, as in people like it, it's accessible... I it's not one of my favourites. Oh, I love this song. Like we, I'd want to play it because it's you know quintessential garbage. Yeah. But um, I just was really surprised because I, I didn't it. think it would be your. Oh, it's great. Uh, those drums. I think it's it's the. Drums. I love the start. The, the start is just amazing, and, and um, you know you can you know that start a mile off. You know oh, yeah, exactly what yeah. So the song is actually built. The, the drums actually come from the Clash. Um, the Clash's Train in Vain is actually like if you listen so I went and listened to it and I'm like ah those are the drums so Butch just went I like those steal those put them in stupid girl Um, it's an iconic song they actually there's a gig they did live at the Isle of Wight festival and Butch wasn't there so everyone was like where's Butch and they had a replacement drummer and the stupid girl is it doesn't start with him playing the drums it's a sample slowly building up to the drums and then the drummer joins in on top of it it's a very different it's it's cool as apart from about half an hour in the the, the live set Charlie goes off at the drummer like uh, off like because he's in his zone like playing the drums and he's not looking at her and she's standing right in front of her and she's like would you effing look at me like down the mic right at him and he's still in the zone he's still playing and it doesn't sound like he's off tune or anything but I don't know whether she wanted to talk to him or, do, but anyway, he was in his own world. Anyway, I, it's a good festival actually. That the it's a it's on YouTube. The foot in high def. Go and watch it. It's really cool. Charlie's got bright red hair, uh, and she's done red sideburns like where a little hair curves around. But she's shaved right down to the skin on one side of her head, like so. It's all skin and then beautiful red hair. It's full on. She's fifty two. Yes. <laughs> 52. Stupid girl, I'm playing it. Dog new tricks. You're not forgiving this today, oh, are you? Well, you should never give me. What did you expect? I'm like, I don't mind this. It's not as not as not as strong as the other tracks. 
Um, I do like the, the lyrics. Everyone I know has gone away, died or left, or just forgot to stay. Sometimes oh, just forgot to stay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm <laughs> fragile for this that's what I mean you are you've, you've gone on a peak and you're, you are coming back down oh right. I just forgot to stay <laughs> if anyone ever said that to me I'd die <laughs> alright dog new tricks I'm not going to play that nah skip it I love the next one my lover's box oh, I love it you're back in the game are back you? in the game back in song. the game don't you love this one I do like this song I really like this song um, the writing's great the guitars are great the melody's great send me an angel do you want to sing it? Send me an angel to love. I need to feel a little piece of heaven. Mm-hmm. Nice lyrics, right? Really clever. And then it's like, send me an angel to love. I'm afraid I'll never get to heaven. Like, it's just this. Oh, God. Ang- <laughs> Charlotte, you're making Leslie cry. Oh. Oh. My Lover's Box, definitely playing it. Yes. Okay. Fix me now. I kind of like it. I'm alright with it. I'm alright with it. I really like the start. I'm not a fan of the verses, but I do enjoy the chorus. Shirley's voice is great here. It's not a skip art. I wouldn't play it. Okay. Milk. (coughs) So. Wow, you just perked up. This is my second favourite. Okay. Garbage song. I am milk. Yep. What does that even mean? I am milk. Okay. Um... I'm waiting, I'm waiting for you. Good end to the album. Such an amazing end to the album. I actually think this is one of my... You know how we talk about this in every episode? Yeah. This is my favourite of the endings of album, Up to Down. Oh, wow, really? Yes, because it's actually worthy of it. Okay. Beautiful lyrics. Yes. Her voice. Yes. Haunting. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Um, and I think, given... The other tracks on this album mm-hmm. and the feel of the album, mm-hmm. I don't think there would have been a better way to close it out with a song like that. Agreed. Because it's, yes, it's not raucous and it's not rocky, but it's so beautifully written. Yes. And it's haunting. Yep. And I feel it just ends, like it end, ends the album. Like you feel like you've come to the end of a book and you feel happy with the ending or the ending of a movie when you're happy. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, in an interview with Gigwise, Shirley said it was the first ever song she wrote about our hus- husband Billy Bush. That fun life of the party kind of Billy Bush guy. Oh, he doesn't sound like he is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen to the song before that. Uh, it was the first song that she's ever written about her husband Billy Bush. Listen to the song before. He said, When I heard that song, I fell in love with Shirley Manson. Uh, oh, well, there's a bit of a... I'm concerned about these dates then. So, let's just think about this. She was married... Oh, yeah. ...from 1996 to 2003 to Eddie Farrell. This, yeah, but you can love someone from afar. This album was released in 19... Yeah, but it can be a professional... Five. Yes. So she probably wrote this song in around about 1994. Maybe he, didn't, maybe he didn't come in to produce the albums until much later on. But, so that... 
Maybe they didn't work together till later on. Okay, moving on. Charlotte, to me, Milk is the darkest, most hopeless of all the songs. People say it's a lovey-dovey, therefore it's a love song. But it's a very bleak song. It's mm. about loss and the fear of loss, about things you can't have and the things you will forever wait for. I don't think it's a lovey song. It's Why would you think song. that? Oh, I don't know. It's not a lovey song. We're going to end the uh, episode with Milk. I really like the song, just like you. So it's amazing. All right. So, reviews. Yakaboo, three out of five. Okay, so they were definitely a second-hand version of Curve. Oh, here we go. And everything they released after this was crap. And this, <laughs> this, is, this is offensive. So, and the singer only wore those shorter-than-short skirts only to hide the fact that she wasn't that great a singer anyway oh, and the whatever. lyrics could be kind of dumb and this debut album hasn't aged as well as many thought. But it's still pretty good. Three out of five. <laughs> okay, so. Positive. Disapproving Owl. Five out of five. Disapproving. Is that the best handle ever? Dark, mysterious, sexual. The perfect descriptors for this album. Mm-hmm. Very stylish and intense at the same time. And while some songs are stronger than the others, none of them are really weak. It deserves all the praise it gets, maybe even more. Also important to mention that its cultural impact. I believe Shirley Mansion established a new kind of female persona that would inspire other fellow women artists in the 2000s and 2010s. Agreed. And on that, so there are people who... So, who was it? Um, she's been credited for inspiring... So, Florence? Yeah! Florence um, yeah, good And point. Lady Gaga. Really? Mm, wow. So, I read that as well. Okay. So, I think he's spot on with it. Okay. Uh, Carby, 5 out of 5. The arrangements are powerful and slightly frightening, almost as if they were recorded in a haunted house. The rhythm is ubiquitous throughout. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. And Charlie's voice is simply the prettiest voice in music. She never ruins the melody by adding all the extra notes. See any other Mariah Carey song. That's true. It's true. She adds so much fluff so onto much. it. <laughs> Rather, Miss Manson allows the very pretty melodies become part of the overall arrangements. I agree with that. Her vocals are understated, I'd say. She doesn't try and go... Um, they're pretty bang on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, very nice structures with a lot of minor and changes in chords, even when, the, even when the melody repeats, like the Fab Four always did so well. My only complaint is how long they take between albums, but I'd rather have several incredible albums than a bunch of mediocre, mediocre ones so I can live with the delays. What do you think you gave this as a rating? Probably about seven, seven and a half. You gave it a seven and I give it an eight. Okay. Oh. Have you seen them live? No. I have. Have you? When? I've seen them Park years ago and they were fantastic. Oh, good. So, all the times that they come to Australia, though, I haven't seen them. So I haven't even known they came here. Oh, they, they come here all the time. And so, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Well, they, they do these massive tours. So, and they're always, they're, they're quite big in them. Australia. So, yeah, we definitely need to see them. If you oh, want to nice. see what they're doing, literally Isle of Wight Festival on YouTube, they did it last week. So, that's got all their new stuff on it. And it's festival. They, they say that when they play the festivals, they play their big hits. And it's just hit after hit after hit. Amazing. Um, so the band Garbage.com And they're on Twitter At Garbage Are they touring? Yes They're touring the UK And uh, Europe This month And this album Has a 20th anniversary album It has 22 tracks on it Some of the tracks Are a bit iffy Yeah 
but some of them are stick really good. Stick with the good. original. Stick with the original. Are you ready for next week? <clears throat> Number 24 we're at. Now, I'll give you a clue. They are... I don't even know. They're either on par or very close to Reef and how much you enjoy this band. No, why? It's been coming. <sighs> why would you do it off the back of this? Why would you do anything to me anymore? <laughs> You've been a roller coaster this episode. Because it's just. Who is it? It's well. Oh, God! No! It is, isn't it? It is. Oh, God. Why is it even in this? Because it's a great album, Leslie. I freaking love this album. What did I give this album? You gave it something really bad, but I've propped it up a bit. How is that possible? This this is a sham. It's not a sham. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The this is a sham. Express, it doesn't lie. What did you give it? A 12? I gave it a pretty good rating. You'll find out what next week. What did I give it? You'll find out next week. I need to complain to someone. Is there like a, po- is there a podcast ombudsman? <laughs> <laughs> because I need to understand how it could... I'd understand if it scraped in at 50. <laughs> I... I, tell, I would this, not have given right, this so a good mark. This album should be in the top 10 of any Britpop list, alright? You're mental! <laughs> Can't wait to talk about it. Cooler Shaker K next week. No! <laughs> don't you'll injure yourself. This is a great album. I don't, and I, what I want to know is why you hate this album. So first of all, the career of Cooler Shaker is fascinating. By itself. Crispin Mills... Fascinating cat. So we've got a lot to talk about Cooler Shaker with. And I think you'll love doing your research. Not doing on... any. Wow. <laughs> so, fascinating. I'm on strike. And this album <laughs> is a great album. And I really want to know why you don't like this album. Oh, that'll be hard. There are some really good songs. Do you want me to start now? No. Okay. Uh, all right. So next week, we're doing Cooler Shaker. Yes. On Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter and Twitter, Facebook Banter. Oh, God. That's how long this episode's been. I can't I even get it. should have given her. you the other guilty pleasure. And you picked the homework. Lewis, what's his name? Yeah, I'm Jerry excited by it. I don't know if I like it, but I just interest. I think it's quite topical. Okay, cool. So I think it's quite good to listen to. All right, so we're going to get out of here. Um, I'm going for a lie down. Yeah, I'm knackered after this one. All right, thank you, everyone. We will see you next week for Cooler Shaker. The good thing is about Cooler Shaker, you're going to have beers for that episode because we've got a concert next week together. That's really dangerous. We've got Kyle Faulkner next week. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All the Ks. So, yeah, I'll get some nice beers, all right? And we'll set another few beers. Intravenous. I'll, (laughs) I'll let you go nuts on Cooler Shaker. Do you really want me to do it? Do you really? Well, yeah. Coolie Shaker on beers. <laughs> it's funny. That's that's why everyone's here, right? Um, all right, cool. Anything else? No, I've, thanks for that, Kevin. Pleasure. I hope you have a lovely day. Thank you. All right, we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Cheers. Bye.